Stop. Put your, keep no your biting, hands, no keep licking, no touching. Keep your hands in your own personal space. Oh, lordy, lordy. Well, screw it. We might as well, uh, we might as well get this started. It's going to be an interesting episode. Uh, this is Welcome to Life Short, Live Free. This is episode 8 of our uh, podcast does this make us above average we are above average yeah (laughs) average episode is seven or average podcast is seven episodes long we're on episode eight so we're above average um this is sponsored by shyworks we do uh cerakote and some pretty awesome wallets check us out at shyworks.com um so yeah i am your host sam we got us we got with us uh toad he is the uh, 1911 Buddha, and he doesn't ever use a 1911, but that's all right. Because you guys make us shoot more than seven <laughs> rounds at a time. <laughs> well, I did find a 28-round like drum mag, snail mag for the 1911. There you go. I believe I'm going to order that. Oh, yeah, there you go. Get her, get her coming. Get her coming. Also, we got my little brother Box in the middle here, as well as a man, Manny Malfunction down at the end, uh, Johnson. Um... So uh yeah it's been a it's been a pretty pretty decent day even though it was uh raining on us out there at the range but it, it was uh one of the better range day we, days we've had I think the weather wise well yeah aside from the rain but have we had a single day yet where it wasn't hot as balls or rainy or windy as or shit. cold um yeah didn't we have a pretty good one a few weeks ago like no. before it got hot <laughs> but yeah we did have a good there was one good day um guys I asked about this the other day. Are we still going to do this when it's zero f***ing degrees outside? Yes. Well, remember, we did it back in February. Yeah. We yeah, started it was back like in February. 45 degrees that day. I mean, like, we didn't no, no. that day. No. These two came out one day, and I had to plow a path to the backyard with a <laughs> skid loader, and they both barely made it down my gravel road. <laughs> it was freezing. The wind chill was down there. That was one of my better ideas. Was I out there? Yeah. Yeah. I plowed the whole range. I took the skid loader and pushed all the snow off the whole range. I pushed a path all the way back there for you guys to drive back there. A little parking lot for you. We didn't last very long out there. No. So, um... It took us about a half an hour to load one mag. The rest <laughs> of y'all... so cold, yeah. Yeah, that sucked. The rest of y'all's weekend, how'd, uh, what'd you guys do? I knew what Box did, but you other two yahoos. What'd I worked... Yesterday morning. <laughs> Loser. And then uh, afterwards, I uh, had a little project I wanted to attempt, and we'll talk about that later and what the <laughs> end results were. <laughs> Johnson, what did you do on I, Friday, Saturday night? Uh, Friday, I didn't do anything. I just hung out at home, and then Saturday, we went and visited my grandma. And I mowed her yard for her while I was there, and then came home and grilled some food and stuff last night. Nothing too exciting. Yeah, well, me and me and Box went over to uh, the Cody Jenks concert in the city. It was the red, what was it, Red Dirt, Red Dirt Country Music Festival or something like that. Um, but if you all don't know who Cody Jenks is, he is well. First off, country music, uh, pop country music, has got to be, for lack of a better term, total shit on the radio anymore. It's just, it sucks. It's all just pop, just nonsense. About the only person that I can stand on the radio that's on the radio is well, there's three of them: Chris Stapleton, uh, Jamie Johnson, Luke um, 
No. <laughs> what about Florida Georgia Lions? Eric and Eric like Eric Georgia Church. Lions? He's about the uh, he's those are probably Did you just Church. say uh, Eric Church? You're gonna get yelled at. I don't that. give a crap, what but a dude. Freaking loser. I, you know what? I don't agree with his politics. But you cannot argue that the guy is an artist. He he writes damn good music. That's, that's why I don't. That's it is what it is. You can't argue. I don't care what a person's politics is. I don't either. I just don't like Eric Church. Yeah, I don't either. He's a piece of shit. Well, sorry, a, but he I, writes. In he writes my opinion, damn good he's music. kind of a city boy, little punk that just wrote. He just as bad as like that. What I don't even remember his name. Kane Brown. No. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, whoa. No. No. That guy is not the even biggest freaking you can't, loser. You can't even put those in the same ballpark. Yes, I can. I Eric just Church did. writes his own songs, and he they're. Oh, I'll give him songs. props for that. I'll give him props and they're for good writing his own musically, songs. Musically, lyrically, they're good fucking songs. Did you just? I say, just did you just try to say fucking, but you fucked it up and said frocking. Now I got to freaking edit all. Do this you know stuff, how many Toad. beats Sam that is going to be? Oh no! Actually, say anything Toad, correct. In Toad, English we're on language. the eighth episode. Everybody knows I can't talk. Okay, that's just how it is. Yeah, but it's fun to remind you. So, anyways, as <laughs> I was saying, did you? I, speaking of the concert, did you enjoy Ben Grillet? Oh, we didn't, we didn't get there. Make it there for time. No, we we missed yeah. the first. Uh, we missed the time. first couple. Yeah, couple he's artists. good. Yeah, his, there his, was also his um, girlfriend and my girlfriend are good friends. Yeah, there was also um, uh, who the Parker hell? McCall, Randy Rogers Shooter band. Jennings. Shooter Jennings. Shooter Jennings is decent. Um, Wait, Shooter were, Jennings was there last night. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Those put on. They they put on a hell of a good show. But anyway, Cody Jenks. He's not really. I don't think he has any songs on the radio, does he? Mm-hmm. A couple here and there, but they're not very well played. But often. he's like the he's like the opposite, or the he's like the anti uh, pop country music. He's he's kind of old school. Excellent excellent music. Excellent lyrics. It's not shit like what what we got on the radio nowadays. Um, so it was really enjoyable to go to an actual wow. concert and watch that. Um, and I, I chuckled. We, we were gonna play a we were gonna play a drinking game that every time he saw a chick in uh, cut off jeans and cowboy boots, he had to drink. But we would have ended up in the hospital, so yeah. we decided against. Playing you would have all one, died. But... Mm-hmm. I actually saw a Facebook post about that with like it was like a Walmart sign for nineteen ninety five for these cheap shitty girls cowboy boots oh, yeah. and it was like here for all you fake ass city bitches that want to be country <laughs> that are going to a country concert this weekend get your fake ass shitty con- cowboy boots it yeah, was awesome. and there was there was a, a group and a group of girls in front of me when while cody jinx was playing they didn't look at him once they were b- talking between themselves the entire time i'm just like why did you even, this is an expensive concert to come to to just do what you could have done in the bar across the street right. you know for six bucks um, but they're pretty much the equivalent of uh, gun bunnies, I guess. Yeah. They just love going to concert and concerts and looking like uh, looking like country girls for a, yeah. for a night or whatever. Speaking of, speaking of gun bunnies, has anybody here ever actually run into one of those? Because I think they're a myth. They're not a lot of there. There's not a lot of them around here, are Mm-mm. there? Not around here. <laughs> I mean, we should probably find one for Box. Box needs a gun bunny. We we need a we need a life short live free gun bunny, don't we? Yeah. No, we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <morons>. <laughs> you yeah, know, but they're fun to look at. You're never gonna find a gun buddy with an attitude like that. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. Uh, I'm just gonna to throw this out there. Uh, but last podcast, uh, I put out I put out the the challenge. I says uh, the first person who gets a life short live free tattoo gets a hundred bucks. And Box gave me shit. He said that uh, we'd never get somebody to take us up on that. It wasn't an hour, probably half an hour after we put the episode live that I got a taker on it. So uh, August 3rd, 
he's getting a tattoo. I just, I don't know why, but I. What I'm, if somebody beats him to it? Well, what if somebody, somebody goes and gets it tomorrow? Well, too bad for him. He loses. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Boy, that'd suck, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know why. Oh, sorry. I somebody why sent I in their, is... their photos 30 minutes ago as he just gets done with his tattoo. <laughs> God, that would suck. You don't get nothing. Sorry. I don't know why. I just think it's, I, I, it just cracks me up. I, I, I think it's fun. So um, that, that'll be happening within the next week or what's August 3rd? It's about a week away. Yep. So, God, there are so many next Saturday. Here. Um, anyway, so yeah, we went out to the, did our typical range day um, before the podcast today. It wasn't, well, I guess I shouldn't say typical because it's uh, different than we've done the last uh, six or seven range days. We didn't really have a competition. Uh, we just did a uh, a practice day, uh, drills and such things that we need to work on. And I'll tell you what, I felt you I feel fucking with me. God damn it! I feel more confident. <laughs> Are you two done over there? I'm gonna have to separate you. This clown. <laughs> Am I gonna have to sit in the middle? One of you. Th- <laughs> yeah. I don't want you anywhere near me. Just tone it back a notch or ten. Um. So, anyways, uh, I feel more confident about what we accomplished today, or what I accomplished. What it's, did you accomplish today, though, Sam? Really, just Aside drills, and I got more comfortable, <laughs> more comfortable with with uh, pistol shooting. And I, I feel a lot. I did that one drill, the one three one drill. Um, mm-hmm. I got a little bit better at that. I just and my uh, my uh, I've been working on switching from um, uh, typical normal pistol sights to a red dot. And for me, the learning curve has been pretty pretty steep. I've not been doing well at it, but I feel like I. I stepped up a little bit today, and I'm getting a little bit better on it. So, um, what did you guys think about today? I had fun. I mean, it was all basically working on stuff that we were uncomfortable with or weren't that good at. So, it was, you know, like having snap caps and stuff, that helped. Being able to look at your recoil management, you know, and anticipating recoil and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Because it was pretty easy to tell when you start throwing snap caps randomly in a magazine it's pretty easy to tell how bad you're how bad and it's that's just something you don't get to see when you don't have a snap cap well the only time you ever see it is when you have a fail to failure to fire right you know whatever yeah and i i think that was the majority of what we worked on today really and we were talking to you about switching to a new grip obviously right right i've never had any actual formal training um so I just, you know, I just kind of been doing what works for me. But I, we figured out that uh, my grip has kind of not been working for me very well. So I'm trying to switch that up, and it's, I kind of, I kind of caught on to it a little bit. Um, I think it'll be good once I get fully transitioned to it. Um, I'll be a little bit more accurate, a little better, a little bit better recoil control um, or recovery, whichever you would like to say. Yeah. So one thing I found or that I was working on today too was uh which is a little bit easier for you guys with the red dots is following my sights through the shot and finding them again <clears throat> I mean I have a hard time focusing once I pull that trigger I lose the front sight right and I have a hard time finding it again so I'm trying to control my re- recoil so it's more up and down like it should be so I can follow that site a little bit better. Yeah, and that's one thing I've really been. That's that's been my my biggest thing. Um, coming switching to the red dot is just getting that reacquiring that dot. Um, and I watched a video on Sage Dynamics 
Um, and if you haven't checked him out on YouTube, I'm a pretty big fan of his. I've just just started watching his videos in the last few weeks, but he seems he's an extremely extremely knowledgeable um, guy, especially when it comes to um, uh, shooting a red dot on a pistol. Um, but he was talking about um, how you anticipate recoil and how you recover from it, and you can tell how you know when the dot comes back into your sight, whether it's coming from straight up and down or right. left or right or wherever it's coming from, you can adjust your grip and get a better a better grip on it. But I still got a, I still got a lot of a lot of work to do on that. But that's I, me too. I got to practice so much more with that red dot. It's, mm -hmm. I think that's why. It's important that we get out and do days like today every now and then. Cause every yeah. other time we get out, we're just trying to go as fast as we can. Where right. we should be focusing a little bit more on the fundamentals. I think I mean, we should do kind of going a little bit backwards, but yeah, focus on accuracy, and then your speed starts to pick up afterwards. I mean, not we, the we other way around. We always feel like, oh yeah, we know how to shoot, but do we really? We sure right. we know know how to shoot but do we really know how to shoot we can yeah. do a whole lot better with the basics yeah and i think we should do one of these uh one of these days every two three or four of our typical competition range days yep. mm -hmm. because i felt like this was a pretty 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 good range day as far as uh skills for me um that that like i was i mentioned that one three one drill that thing pissed me off so bad last time and i just i i didn't I wasn't completely happy with how I did it today, but I was I did it a hell of a lot better than I did last time, at least, so I could see some improvement in it. So we were uh, James and I talked about it briefly when I was at his shop last weekend, and uh, it'd be kind of fun like this winter after or this fall after harvest is over at your place if we did since I know you know a bit about it, but none of us really do. If we did like a long range with ARs one day mm -hmm. and just just spend some time and mess with it you know and it like you and i have decent setups for that on a couple of our ars you know but these two don't so they'd have to get scopes but still it'd be kind of fun just to see how far we could push that five five six round and i mean that yeah i mean me, that would be well and it's time. been and it's been proved i mean you can watch videos all day long of people shooting 1200 yards with a 223 yep you know but, There's no energy out there. It's not something no, it's want to do. no, <laughs> no. I mean, you wouldn't want to. It's only for target shooting mm -hmm. at that point. I mean, outside. I mean, look at even inside fifty yards. A two twenty three is not on a human anyway. Not all that effective. There's. I mean. There's no reason that the military is looking for a different cartridge if that thing was I the end they, all be all from fifty to a hundred yards. You but know? I think they listed. As an effective range of like 550 yeah. meters or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's 600 yards. That's pretty good bit. And I know you tried to shoot out to 400 was out at my house. Yeah, yeah, and it's the drop. It's is a significant. task. Yeah. It's a task. I mean, to... Well, and I was using a six-hour whiskey three three by nine that I zeroed in at 50 yards. Right. So I mean that had something to do with it, but still, my whole point. And I don't know if it was just my scope or if it was the actual Coriolis effect taking that that far to the Not left. Not at that shorter range. I didn't think so. But my whole point was literally like two feet over the target. Yeah. And then a foot to the right. 
Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing you know obviously my scope was not zeroed for 450 yards, but right. At the Coriolis, same time, Coriolis really doesn't it's like affect a thousand or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. On 223, it's going to be quite a ways because it's such a small diameter. That's, I'll tell you what, and and yeah. I'm, I'm going to bring this up out of the blue, but that the movie Shooter, not the movie, not the not the yeah. the, the show. Um, this is one thing that's always pissed me off about that movie. Remember at the very end. Um, when they're in the that conference room, room yeah, and he, he, the prisoner, whichever guy it was, his sidekick or whatever, picks up that gun and and loads one in the chamber, or whatever, and then uh, oh yeah, I know, and he's, yeah, at he's this like, close he's, like range, five, yeah. he's like five feet away, and he's naming all the things you got to take into you got to take into account the spin of the earth. No, not, he's five feet away. That is not gonna. No, I, there he says, uh, it's you better. You better aim a little high, you know, because he's talking about the height over bore for the scope. And he's like, at this range, it's not going to matter. No, I you don't know? think that's what he says. Yeah, but he, he said yeah. either way, it pissed they, every yeah, they time. Talked about like it. that, that's a good movie. I love that movie. Every, every, I think it's a pretty well done movie. But that part just, it just, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Every time I see it, it's just like, ugh, drives me nuts. Yeah, Coriolis is not something you have to worry about till you start getting out there, and and honestly, you got to worry about spin drift way before you have to worry about Coriolis effect. Because the spin drift of a bullet, your bullet has friction on the air around it, which just like a tire, it's spinning, so it's going to start spinning in that air, and it's going to spin in an arc, whichever way your rifling is. If you have a left hand twist barrel, you know it's going to twist this way. If your right hand twist barrel, it's going to twist this way. Right. You know, you got to worry about that way, way before you start worrying about Coriolis effect. Spin drift, yeah. that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people who want to start getting into long range shooting, they think about Coriolis because they've seen it in a movie. Oh, you got to worry about the spin of the earth. Forget about that for right now. You got to worry about spin drift, and that's something that, you know, right. will really button hook you. But, right. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think I think it would be a fun range day though to shoot something a little longer range. Yeah, sure, It'd be a good time. Longest I've ever shot was with your six zero out with whatever it was, four hundred yards. Four hundred, maybe. Yards. I've just never done long range before at all. I mean, I just never had the opportunity nor the desire to really get into that. I guess it's fun, but um, yeah, it it's is. not it's not fun enough that I want to go and drop uh, you know a thousand bucks on a, well, on a new rifle. I think if I think if you did it legitimately instead of just sitting down with my rifle and shooting 400 yards and actually having to mill a target and figure out your distance and do the math on it and figure out what your drop is what you know look at your dope for previous look at your dope yeah numbers data on previous engagements (laughs) so you look at how you know what your hold I was? Say, and... I don't think weed has anything to do with this, fellas. <laughs> no, you gotta get real stone. <laughs> See what you gotta do is, man. A couple of lines <laughs> of Peruvian nose candy. Yeah, Peruvian nose candy. But yeah, it's it's addicting when you start. Well, so you're saying I shouldn't really get into it then, so I don't need. I don't got that kind of money to be spending on. Stuff. I I don't know why you think it's so expensive. Because your freaking uh, Ruger Precision, thousand bucks, seven hundred. I paid okay. seven. I paid seven fifty for that. All right. Game. How much is the scope on top of it? Three. No, well, that was like nine hundred fifty. Yeah, sixteen hundred bucks. I don't. I don't. I, there's a lot but, of things I could buy for sixteen. But you bucks. don't have to spend that. 
That's the thing is how much is a yeah, but how much is a, my, that's a problem with myself. How I much is myself. a Remington 700, which is one of the most tried and true long range actions out mm, there? How yeah. much is a Remington 700? Not much. You can get that in a 308. In a 308, you can shoot a mile if you want to. Yeah, but the I know myself, and I know the 308 is not the best long range round, so no. I'm not going to buy that. But you can get a, seven, a 700 in whatever caliber you want. Right. You know, one of the more underrated long-range rounds is actually the 7 Mag. 7 Remington Ultra Mag. There's yeah. a lot of people that shoot a oh, 7 yeah. Rum. Yeah. 300 Win Mag, 7 Rum. Did you ever see the 300 Ultra Mag? Yeah, those things are kind of underpowered. Oh, my God. Comparatively. And to shoot them, to own one? Yeah. The They had a box. They had one box of shells at our local Shields store at one time I saw it, and it was like $96 for a box at 20 Mm-hmm. Oh, holy crap. Yeah, but I th I do think that would be a fun range day. And Sam, I really think, and I think Box would. I tell you though, the only really get it honestly. I, uh, I think to... what I would end up doing would be be buying a two twenty four Valkyrie Upper and calling her King. Because that's is the extent of what I mean. I don't need anything more than that. Yeah. That sound that sounds to me like it's a hell of a round. It it's okay. I obviously there was in, a guy wind, out there that had good. There was a guy out there that who makes the two twenty four Valkyrie factory rifles. I'm not sure. Oh, I knew that. I uh, it was it. developed by. Um, well, I, I somebody makes a commercially available 224 Valkyrie AR, just uh, off the no off the shelf. Palmetto. You can go to Shields and buy one. Palmetto and Ruger, I believe. Ruger, maybe. I think I want to say maybe Davey had Ruger. a Ruger. But there was a kid out there that had one of these store bought 224 Valkyries, and like a. Uh, Vortex Razor HD, like really high dollar scope on top of it, and he was having a few issues out over a thousand yards. Once we got over a thousand, he was having some trouble. And there's one thing that I don't know if how into it you would want to get, like as far as hand loads and stuff. But there's a thing called uh, six millimeter AR. It's based off a six five Grendel, but it's neck down to the six millimeter projectile, and that's like. All the benefits of 224 Valkyrie with none of the drawbacks. So that oh, so, would be a. So what are the drawbacks of 224? 224 Valkyrie. I don't remember all the specifics, but I know like it's one of the drawbacks is well, it's about you can go for anywhere from like a 40 grain projectile to a 108 grain projectile in 243 six millimeter, but you're kind of limited to you know as far as projectile weights for 224 Valkyrie. And I think the 6 AR stays supersonic a little bit longer. Doesn't go through transonic 224 zone for... is out to 1300, if I'm not mistaken. It might be. But it's. I just know that there was... I was reading some stuff about that 6mm AR, and it looked to be hmm, a little bit better. But interesting. I, I do think that you two would get... I wanted to get into Seriously it years into ago. It. I bought a book and was reading into it and stuff just so I could yeah. kind of know what I was getting myself into before I bought a rifle, but yeah. I never really got into it. Yeah. I bought I should, other stuff instead. Yeah. I should just let you sit down. Like, if we t we need to talk to James about that quarry range that he was talking about. Um, If, he, if we can shoot over a thousand there, I'll let you guys just sit down and we can go through you know james would be a good teacher too and yeah just sit and yeah. kind of go through Actually, some long range stuff that'd be a good time and this will kind of go into our little next segment what i got what i want 
I was at Fleet Farm the other day, and I've ever since <clears throat> been doing this range day and watching you, you know, shoot the long range shit. I've uh, wanted to get into it, but you know, it is like you said, it's not cheap to get into it. it and it, Fleet's got a. Uh, I just looked at it. I saved it. It's a Savage Arms one ten. It's a tactical desert 110 model. One ten BA. Yeah. It's a six five Creedmoor for six seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a sharp looking rifle. I mean, it's got the riser rail on it already and everything else. Yeah, a lot of you people know. like a lot of people like those savages. And um, I and that's the thing is like, especially when you're starting out and you don't know if you're gonna like it or not, you don't have to spend a ton of money on a some high dollar fancy rifle. You don't. I mean, a lot of the guys that what that I went to class with had like Christensen Arms like 300 wind mags and like full billet aluminum chassis and like all this crazy stuff. Me and Mike showed up with, you know, under $2,000 into our whole setup, including the ammo that we needed for the weekend. And we were out shooting three yeah, quarters of the guys because, there that had four times as much money. In that's because ship. those Ruger precisions are, I mean, those are, that's kind of a, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of what I want to say. A hell of a, a hell of a, a good rifle in the last few years that has came out. That kind of yeah. revolutionized. I feel like revolutionized the long range industry and got a lot, got a lot more people into it because I think it got a lot more a people good into price it. Rifle. But I don't. I don't think. He, I don't think that. I just think that a lot of people were unaware. It was an easy off the shelf gun to buy that was less expensive. Right. A Remington seven hundred with a true action and a bedded action into a good stock like you buy a boyd stock and a remington 700 action bedded properly into a boyd stock it is going to be more accurate than a ruger precision and for probably the same amount of money honestly yeah i suppose you, you do not have to spend a ton of money into it but like uh like toad mentioned we're uh, got a new segment we're gonna have every few weeks uh, what i got and what i want and toad what do you say you wanted that uh six five uh yeah and the thing the thing the other thing with that gun is um you know, I do a lot of hunting and whatnot too. In the last couple of years, I've I've been buying preference points for states out west. Um, you know, and it takes several years to get it drawn for a tag. You know, mm -hmm. and um, but this thing would be a perfect like muley gun, mule deer gun, or hell, even an elk. Um, because I mean, it does. It looks like a, a regular, you know, well, not just like a regular rifle, but it it's built for long range. But it's a six five Creedmoor that'll take just about anything on the North mm -hmm. American continent. You know, and I mean, obviously, if I was going after bear, I'd take my forty-five seventy. But you know, for mule deer and elk, a six-five is more than enough. The biggest uh, thing you got to watch out for for that is if you're trekking in the weight of the rifle. Yeah, and that that's <laughs> that's not a heavy rifle. I, yeah, I mean, I picked it like, up, messed with it, and yeah, our precisions are heavy. Well, my they're heavy. My uh, forty-five seventy is not the lightest. Well, of fire right, ones. but you're not taking that trekking through the mountains, really, either. You know, I, trek, I mean, you would. I trek miles with it through Castana every year. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Hanson is actually he got drawn for an elk tag in Wyoming. Did he? Yeah, and he is looking at buying a Tika Superlight. Yep. And then putting a Boyd stock on it because that Tika Superlight 300 Win Mag is like six pound 300 Win Mag. Oof, yeah. yeah, I was like, boy, you better hope you don't have to take any follow-up shots because your eyeball's gonna be your <laughs> eyebrows gonna be bleeding, your shoulders gonna be half ripped off. Yeah, 
six hundred or a six pound three hundred wind mag is gonna be rough on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, box, you had that a uh, new uh new little toy out the range. Yeah, I got. Your... I bought a. It's called a Mantis X. It's what it is. It's just a little little device. It clips on the rail of uh, your pistol or your rifle, either one, and it uh it tracks the movement of your barrel and it can detect when your trigger breaks. So with that information, you can figure out what it is that's happening during your shot and before your shot. So you can tell if you're anticipating or anything like that, or if you're having too much trigger or too much trigger finger on there, or too little trigger finger, and all sorts of other problems. And it has all sorts of drills on it and stuff like that. It's it's really neat. You guys messed with it a little bit. What do you think about it, Johnson? I thought it was really cool. I, it was pretty impressive how accurate the thing was and how sensitive it was like the little tiniest bit of barrel movement and that thing was tracking you all over the place and the thing that i thought was weird about it was like you can rack a slide on a pistol and it didn't it didn't even think about was that a shot or not like it knew the difference between you racking yep. your slide and your trigger break like it just yeah, I'm curious no, how it actually works. Right, like but, I like to fi- I like to know how things work, and I yeah, I, that thing has me baffled. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I think but... it lies to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was, I suck. It was it was really cool, and the the cool thing about it is it almost makes it like a game because it gives yeah, you that that's score. Really, what I like about it, right? I'm, you know, what it, I bought it for was to help my dry fire out a little bit because otherwise I'm just standing there dry firing at a wall and i don't really have any reference or anything but this it it what it has has a a benchmark that you go through every now and then and you fire so many shots and it takes your average so you can kind of watch your progress and how you're how much you're improving over over time i mean so i think my benchmark right now is 97.1 or like or something like that so next time i go to shoot I have something to beat, which is it, that motivates me because I'm always like, oh, I can do so much better than that. So that it's yeah, it's a cool. motivation tool it's for cool. me. It really helps it, me out, I think. Yeah, and it gives you it gives you a score after every shot. Yep. And you can go through. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you can go through and like shoot five shots, like basically shoot like a five shot group, right? And you can go through and review each shot. Yep. It tracks every single shot and it'll tell you what happened on that shot. It shows you the path of what's going. It separates it. There's four more segments, I think, on on the tracking. There's just there's a blue line for how you're just holding your rifle or your pistol, and then it goes to yellow, which is what's happening during your trigger pull, and then the shot breaks, and it gives you a mark where that is, and then it shows a red line for the little bit after. Yeah, so, so you, you really get, get a lot of information. Yeah, you out get of to it. see all the squiggly lines of how much your barrel was moving when you thought you were holding it super yep. steady, and it's it's pretty cool. It, I I am pretty impressed with it. That thing was pretty neat. I think it's gonna help me out a lot. That's pretty, pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, it did seem like an interesting tool, but that's the same. Like if uh, you ever well, have a kind of like you, you're sort of an interesting tool. <laughs> I'm pretty interesting. Thanks. <laughs> cool. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the first part of that and run with it. <laughs> um, which uh, kind of leads us on to my uh, our next uh, topic, the new pistol. Um, and I I thought this was a brand new deal, this IWI Masada. Um, but it turns out I did a little bit of looking on it, and they they was developed 2000, in 2017. It was released in 2018. 
It was it was on their website in 2018, right? But is just now coming out, well, I guess, or is just now hitting the shelves. No, it was it's been out for a while, but the, this new one that's coming out is an optics ready version. Which this we're this, talking about two different things. You're talking about the Maxim Nine, no, or the Masada. I'm talking about the Masada. Really, I didn't know they had a non-optics ready version. I guess apparently because I, I just did a little bit of uh, a little bit beforehand, um, and they were saying the original one came out in 2017. Let me find that article um, hmm. on Recoil. Well, and I noticed a lot with that Masada is a lot of people have been comparing it to a Glock 17. Well, yeah, that's what everybody's ever always going to compare it to, but I don't. I don't think Masada that's right was comparison. unveiled to the public in 2017. It's caught the attention. Um, but let's see, where is that part where it says it was just? Uh, yeah, I, it sounds like it sounds like what was just released now is the uh, is this, is the optics ready version of it. Huh. Well, I watched like the the firearms blog review of it. Mm-hmm. And everything was just Glock 17, Glock 17, Glock 17, Glock 17. Everything was comparison to the Glock 17, which it's, I understand. It's a benchmark. It's a, Glock perfection, yo. But uh, shut your mouth. No, I get that. But I think they're comparing it to the uh, wrong Glock. Perfection. How do you figure? It's a Glock 19X. Uh, it is a 4.1 inch barrel, isn't it? Yeah, it is a Glock 19X. That is what they should be comparing it to. You're right. You're right. Well, or the, or <laughs> the 45. Full size frame, full size frame and a short barrel. Glock 45. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. 19x 45. Yeah. 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 You're right. I guess. That's where um, I think it should be compared but to. The, but you can't really compare that to that because. Well, I understand that that's a new pistol, and you're not. But also, the price point is is a lot cheaper. You can pick up a new. Uh, the MSRP is like 480, so realistically, it's going to be had around 450, 425, 450, somewhere in that ballpark. Right. Um, but it's also it's it's optics ready. So which, yeah, the MOS. Uh, the MOS, you're going to tack on quite a bit of more money. You're yeah. going to be well over 500 dollars to get an MOS. And and I I understand all that, but I think if you look at it, it's a little bit heavier. A little bit taller, a little bit wider. You know, it's just a dimensionally just a little bit bigger in every way than a Glock 17. A little heavier, a little wider, a little taller, and but shorter. Obviously, mm-hmm. a shorter barrel. So you're getting all this downside to it for a little less cost too. Uh, yeah, but are but, those necessarily downsides? Because it's not a concealed pistol. No, but I you're not gonna you're not gonna. I think the the it. slimmer a pistol is, the better off you are. Not necessarily, can you? Because it's poss- you could possibly have a better grip on it. Well, in some if you people's have hands. enormous If it's hands, a little yeah. bit heavier, you're gonna have a little bit better uh, recoil control on it, possibly. But the the big thing is, I mean, you got you're getting a uh, red dot red dot ready. You know, and yeah, that, that's huge for the price. Yeah, for that. Like, I think I still think the best selling point they have of that. Which, in my eyes, the little bit bigger frame, like dimensionally, it was like 1.37 inches instead of 1.26 inches for the Glock, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit thicker, a little bit taller, a little bit bigger all the way around and a little heavier. I think the one biggest selling point they have to that pistol is the fact that the trigger group 
is serialized and they're going to make different frames for it like right. the SIG. S similar to the P320, right? Yep. I yeah. think that's going to be a huge selling point for yeah. that thing coming out with different grip modules and stuff later. Yeah, cuz like the 320s you can get a new grip module for what box? 50 bucks? 60 yeah, bucks? Yeah, I paid 40, 50 bucks for mine. I can't even remember. So you turn it into a gun that I'm sorry, but I didn't like the original 320s. It feels like you're holding a freaking fat toy gun to me. I'd never like those. But that new X module or whatever the hell you got, I actually do like that. Yeah, it's a lot it's more so comfortable better. in the hand. Yeah. You know what else feels like a toy gun? Glocks. Glocks feel like toy guns. Compared to what? Your canic that you're shooting, the same exact polymer <laughs> thing. I mean, right. what are you what are you what are you comparing it yeah. to here, Toad? Exactly. You can't compare it to a nineteen eleven anymore because you don't shoot nineteen elevens. Yeah. So you can't give a shit about it anymore. Nineteen eleven Buddha. See how defensive he gets. Non nineteen eleven Buddha. Whenever you mention something bad about Glocks to Sam, he gets just like that, and that's why. Only, that. only to people that don't have counterpoints. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I just, what is your, what is your counterpoint? Because you shoot, he you doesn't shoot have one. He just likes to see you get all fired pistols. up. I just like to see you fired up. I actually yeah. told him a while back, Glocks are actually decent pistols. I, the only reason I don't like my biggest beef with a Glock is there is no actual safety. And at the there's same plenty of safeties. Shut up, box. It's true. And it has a drop safety. There's three separate safeties in it, but I just like the physical safety <laughs> on the side, you know. But I mean, I can see, and yes, I can understand. I can understand that some people. It just striker fine. striker fired pistols are actually like as far as carry guns, they've always made me nervous, just because. I I mean. That's why I like carrying my 1911. It's it's got the hammer. Nothing can happen to that gun if the hammer's down. It's not gonna fucking go off. Beep. And it's right, just, it's it's it's, it's just, not gonna go off even if you pull the freaking trigger. Once you pull it out, what do you got to do? It's a DA. It's oh that which one is mine? Yours? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And yeah, there's not very many of them out there, but. Um, no, because I mean, normal 1911s are not DA; they're just right. single action. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just been always one of my little quirks: is striker-fired pistols kind of you know scare me because if you're not carrying with a round in the chamber, you're a freaking idiot anyway. And I don't know; that's just why I don't you know carry one. I had that Glock 26 for a couple years, but I don't know. So just... you even owned a Glock. Oh. I did. A friend of mine oh called and said he needed God. Christmas Raider. money and uh, wanted to know <laughs> if I wanted to buy his pistol. And I was like, what is it? He's like, Glock 26. I said, how much? He said, 300 bucks. Said, All right, I'll be over in 10 minutes. Somebody offers you a pretty decent yeah. handgun for 300 bucks. You go buy the damn thing. Well, that Glock 26 is my least favorite Glock that I own. I don't ever That's why I do I anything with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, And Box, I, I'm sorry, I kind of stepped on your... Uh, Stepped on your toes a little bit with the uh, the the next subject, the Maxim Nine. I kind of skipped over that a little bit. Yeah, um, well, that's that's a new uh, from Silencer Co. Sorry, correct? Silencer Co. Yes. There, well, the the second version, right? Yes, it's 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 a non NFA. I don't know if you know what the Maxim Nine is. It's the first integrally suppressed uh, pistol out there, and it was. It, it's pretty cool. I actually liked it, what it would look, what it looks like, and everything like that. And it was a neat idea. Robocop. Sure. But the first thing I noticed you to be about a responsible adult. I can be responsible with one beer. But the first thing I noticed about this new Maxim Nine. It's is ugly as just hell. Just how 
absolutely hideous it is. It's just the ugliest thing I've seen. They For some, are like ugly. the last one, it kind of looks futuristic, and I don't know. There's something about like it. Some RoboCop would carry. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a neat looking thing, but not very practical for anything at all they're in the range toy but it was kind of a cool thing but really all they did for this new one it's exact same as the old one it's got a fixed barrel it's delayed blowback non-reciprocating front front end just like the front one or the old one the only differences are they removed that integral suppressor and apparently i've heard they've also improved the trigger which from what I've heard, was not real tough to do from the old one because it was just the worst trigger that anybody has ever seen. Hmm. The 5.6 pound full pull on it, sorry, and it's just gritty. There wasn't any reset or anything like that on it. So uh, I'm not real. My expectations aren't real high for the new trigger, but whatever. But they're also a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of people. They're Googling over the fact that this thing has got a front-mounted RD or red dot sight on it, or you can it doesn't come with the red dot sight, obviously, but yeah, mount for yeah, it. yeah mount it comes with mount. Anyway. But the old one had that exact same thing, so this one they're like, ooh, it, that that's the stuff of race guns, where the uh, sight is mounted on the part of the gun that's not moving, which what? is obviously a pretty big advantage. Yeah. But it's not a race gun at all it's big it's bulky it's there's i don't understand what makes it a I, race gun at all i don't either i don't know how i feel about that i mean that it just looks weird it's I think well it's that's disgusting. because all they did was just ch- chop off the, the shit on the front and didn't change yeah, anything else <laughs> right i mean they're calling it the quietest pistol out there or quietest pistol ever um, which how what in what i don't what know. do you mean i I that I don't know. Obviously, they're since they're a suppressor. The company, NFA version was the quietest one. N- no, that wasn't even. The, no, that's not the. That's just the first integrally suppressed. Yeah. Gun. It wasn't the quietest pistol ever. So how do you have a non-integrally suppressed pistol and have it be quieter not, than your? That's just how they're. No, I integrally think they're suppressed. gonna. Well, another thing is that apparently they're also coming out. Well, it's still in development. That they have a new modular nine millimeter can, which I'm guessing is going to go hand in hand with this yeah. release, and that's probably going to be their big thing. Where ooh, buy this can. I just want, but the problem you guys is... to see this Maxim nine. Any other <laughs> any other weapon? Oh, that's got nice with the the forward grip on it. Got a vertical grip mounted Good to the bottom. That's nice. <laughs> He's got his paperwork and his stamp right there, though. <laughs> It's hideous. Oh my god. Hideous. I think the the like the quietest pistol was the well rod, wasn't it? I I don't know. Never heard of a well rod. Never I haven't either. Not they a clue. were uh it was a single shot pistol developed during World War Two for British spies. And I'm pretty sure it's called a well rod. But it was just a pipe, basically. On today's history up. lesson with Toad. And <laughs> it had like you just pulled it back, loaded it in there, and it was that's about it. But I was it just like a piece wrong. of pipe Pretty with much. a firing chain on it? One. Well, these new, not new, but you see uh, integrally suppressed uh, like 1022s, and I've even seen 300 blackouts and all this yeah. shit. So basically, they're making guns quieter to save our hearing protection, and now you, they got to throw them on the NFA. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's freaking ridiculous because they're not a suppressor. So how are they throwing Weird. them? Weird. Yeah. How are they? How are they? 
there, there's not a suppressor added on to the end of it. So how are they... That is pretty sweet. That just pisses me off. They're making guns quieter and better. And then all of a sudden you gotta wait 10 months and then pay a... You have to get your new pistol. For it. <laughs> yeah. Pisses me off. Just ridiculous. Yeah, the whole NFA is just a joke. It was... Speaking of how gun laws are bullshit, um, <laughs> we're gonna move on to the uh, Johnson's next topic. California yeah. Sanctuary City, and I feel like this could be an interesting conversation because so, I have mixed feelings about this whole deal. So, there's all these sanctuary cities, and specifically in Cal. I mean, not only in California, there's but there's one in Illinois as well. Yeah, there's a lot of sanctuary cities throughout the United States. Cities, larger cities with a lot of like illegal aliens in their cities that consider themselves themselves sanctuaries for these illegals so they can't be deported or whatever the hell reasons they, they come ice, up with yeah. right so there's a smaller city in california called needles california they have about i think the population is about five thousand people they've considered themselves in a city council meeting they claimed that they're going to declare themselves a second amendment sanctuary city so they're not going to abide by the state's firearm laws and they're going to allow <laughs> they're going to allow um concealed carriers from other states to carry their firearms in that city because that's against the law in in um California right for like cuz they're right on the Arizona border so all these people from all these people from Arizona who have their concealed carry permits want to come into town and buy goods or you know whatever they have a lot of um industrial and like implements right there and so all these people there's not much around there it's out in BFE and so they have all these out of state people coming into that city well they have been losing business because all these guys who conceal carry in Arizona can't come into that town without disarming themselves, yeah, right. basically. So they have declared themselves a sanctuary city in order to allow these people to still come into town and keep their yeah. And I carry pistol on them. Here's my here's my take on the on the subject. I'm I'm extremely torn on an issue like this. Um, because all these sanctuary cities, you know, every single person on the right, well, this is bullshit. You can't, you can't just, you can't just decide to uphold whatever laws you want, you know, this, that, and, and the other. And then at the same time, you know, we turn around and, and applaud the same thing, the same exact thing to a different extent. I mean, it's a different, it's apples and oranges a little bit, but, and don't get me wrong. I think I'll, I think, um, Myself, I think um, pretty much all gun laws are unconstitutional in and of themselves. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we 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 cheer one side and then we turn around and do the other thing. You know, it seems yeah. it seems slightly hypocritical to a certain extent. Other than the fact that California's gun laws are so excuse my French, but fucking retarded that. Yeah, I don't know how I so feel about this. I, I'm I'm really I'm really torn on the whole. And reading thing. the article. They made it sound, well, I read a few articles on it, but the articles that I read were, they made it sound like 
they only called themselves a sanctuary city for the Second Amendment to put a jab in on the actual sanctuary cities, right? right? That's not what they were going for. It was like, oh, well, if you're going to have sanctuary cities for these people, we're going to have sanctuary cities for these people. They called it a sanctuary city as a jab at actual sanctuary cities for the terminology. But they're doing it just like all these uh, sheriff's office in like Washington that are refusing to enforce the gun laws because it's bullcrap and they don't they know it's unconstitutional and it's ridiculous like all these red flag gun laws that have happened out in like washington and stuff there's Mm -hmm. been sheriff's offices who have just said no we're not enforcing those because it is absolutely ridiculous and i that's basically what this city has done is they're just gonna they're just saying well if the state officials aren't here we're not enforcing anybody to disarm themselves when they come into our town. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel on that whole... So obviously, you know, I want to say that, hell yeah, you know, but then if I turn around and, 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 and rag well, on... Well, here's so, the know, thing, I, Sam. I, I understand, I understand how you feel about it, but on one hand, there's legal gun owners coming into a different state and they should be able to carry their pistol. Well, I'll, on the other hand, a sanctuary city is somebody who's already done something illegal by coming into this country illegally. Right. They're not a citizen of the United States. They don't get the rights that United States citizens get. You're right. It yeah, is correct. it is not even com- comparative. There's two way different things. These are US citizens with concealed carry permits traveling across state lines. Those are not US citizens who have crossed into our country illegally and have zero rights yeah. as a US citizen. Good point. Good point. I guess I can uh, I guess I can agree with that. That's the thing. Is they're protecting people who aren't US citizens with no rights and they're giving them rights and protecting them from being right. arrested and deported, which they should be. Yeah. And these people encouraging people to break the law. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point, I guess. Uh it's a, it's a valid point. Um, um, Box, what is, what's your take on this subject? Because you usually have uh, interesting takes on this this sort of thing, or don't you have an opinion? I don't really have an opinion in this particular case. Thanks thanks for the input. Appreciate well, it. I just, thanks I, for asking. <laughs> I, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's a good start for somewhere in California to at least show that they care about gun owners. Right. Well, and I think... California is, eh, it's a it's a beautiful state, excellent weather, you know, and they've just got so many dumbasses that flock there because of that. Mm-hmm. That all the there's still level-headed people out there. Yeah, there's I think there le- is. There's level-headed people everywhere, you know, yeah. and it's they just get overrun by these dumbasses, mm-hmm. and the media latches onto these dumbasses because they make good news and they're entertaining, you know. So mm-hmm. I met a guy when I was in Los Angeles back in February uh, for the wedding, and uh, he was a pretty well off individual had several businesses in the la area and he was a big hunter and uh big fisherman and he actually wants to trade um us me and a friend of mine if he comes to iowa and we take him deer hunting and he gets a big whitetail he'll take us out and pay for the trip to go deep sea fishing Hmm. um interesting it's just a matter of talking my friend's dad into letting us use their crown for this whitetail hunt but 
Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of nice people out there in California. You know, they're not all, you know, we say California, but that's mainly just the people in the government. Most of the folks there are pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, I think there's, I think they get a bad rap uh-huh. just because yeah, of well, prominently in the media of what we they, see. But... They should definitely have a lot more uh, representation in Congress because um, commies aren't people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, we get a, we get a, if you haven't caught on yet, we get a new sponsor um, every single week. We don't like to keep the same one. We like to keep it fresh and interesting. Um, so this uh, our not new very sponsor brand loyal, are we? No, no, we, we're, we're sellouts. <laughs> well, uh, Toad, why don't you tell us about our uh, new sponsor this week? This week's podcast is sponsored by Permanerp. Do you have flaccid and unresponsive nipples? Do you want your nipples to be always ready to cut glass on a twenty-four-seven basis? Try Permanerp, the only topically applied nipple cream that'll make your nipples hard as rocks 24-7. Side effects may include, but are not limited to, aggressive diarrhea, anal leakage, brain aneurysm, torn shirts, bloody nipples, and full-blown AIDS. Uh, yeah, so this is our uh, Florida Man sponsor, or Florida Man uh, <laughs> I'm segment. All sorts, I'm all sorts of flustered. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, it looks like you've been using Permanerp. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Uh, well, when you get a new sponsor, they obviously send you a sample. I had, and... to, I had to try it out this week, and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so we decided to. Yeah, you got. Jeez. Sorry, guys. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I knew you couldn't hold it together. You guys. You guys tore it up. You did great. <laughs> Torn shirts. <laughs> Um, so we, we decided to, we, we basically renamed our dumbass of the day, uh, Florida man, just because everything that we Googled, everything we always came up with was always Florida man. Um, and who has a scoop on this one? I got it. So according to WTFX news, 35 year old Florida man, Robert Foley was arrested for hit and run following a police chase that saw him jump his Nissan Versa over a canal. Full well, blown Dukes of Hazard. Full blown Dukes. They're going full Dukes of Hazard. This isn't so, just some descriptive phrase that we made up for the sake of the headline. It's literally how Florida authorities described the incident. Based oh, on tire man. marks, deputies say Foley was driving westbound on 21st Street, southwest towards a large ditch. That is when an arrest report shows, based on the physical evidence, it was apparent that the Nissan Versa was traveling at such a great speed that it vaulted. <laughs> And went airborne and cleared the water canal in a fashion only to be described similar to what has depicted what was depicted in the Dukes of Hazard. Life short, so, free approved. And I saw that this guy not only sailed over this canal but drove away, only to later crash into a parked truck. Yep. <laughs> like this dude sailed this Nissan Versa, which, mind you, is not a sports car of any no, kind. But Actually, if I was if, gonna jump a canal, I would probably go. If you Nissan look at Versa. it. A Nissan Versa looks like a uh, minivan. It's, it's the kind of a vehicle that a 19-year-old college white girl would own. Well, it's not so That's much a minivan, but like a crossover type. Did thing. I say minivan? Yeah, it's not. Minivan. I said minivan. Okay. Sorry, but yeah, it's uh, it, well, and there's actually hatchback versions too. I hope this was a hatchback. Oh, there, there's my talking good. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've been I've been doing pretty good this episode, yeah. but there 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 it came out. No, I just think that's hilarious. It, Dude can just sail it. I wish he had the Dixie air horn while he was going over dun, the dun, canal. Dun, 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 <laughs> but yeah, lands it, rides it out, and just keeps cruising until 
he finally crashes into a truck. So was he on drugs or they said drunk? He was drunk. So when police drunk. arrest him, they could smell alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Um, or did they say that because they were like, "Well, you just jumped how old a canal like Duke's a hazard. 35. You obviously got thirty-five. Moonshine. Okay, I can understand if this dude was like, that's like you twenty Sam. twenty-four. But by the time you're thirty-five, what you think only early twenties kid or people do dumb shit? I was okay uh, when I was in my early twenties. I did some seriously dumb shit. But by the time I, I've reached my age that I am now. Which is thirty four. <laughs> you still do some impressively dumb shit. But I, I, I would not freaking get hammered and go jump a car. So like, you're saying well, in your earlier t- in your college days you would have got hammered and jumped a canal in your Nissan Versa. Um, you actually did have a Nissan. I, I will tell you some stories after we get off this podcast. <laughs> that we, <laughs> I am not. I'm not going to put that out on public because my mother might hear about it and she'll whoop my ass. But. Um, yeah, I I just feel like at 35 years old, like what are you doing with your life, man? The at least take take a freaking Dodge Charger or something. Come on, <laughs> do it. And then I could have freaking do high five you. Duke's a hazard fashion. <laughs> Come on, do it man. right, damn it! Don't use that foreign piece of shit. Jamie, <laughs> Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. But can you so <laughs> so what was it? A uh, a, a, toll, a, a canal. A canal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the one the bridges they raise up to... No, just, no, a, just a waterway. Ditch, it's just basically. like a drainage ditch, basically, with bank sides on each side. Oh, okay, okay. See, I was I was thinking it was one of those toll bridge oh, things. No. that You know, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you gotta have some balls of steel to get over one of those. Oh, yeah. Wow, awesome. wow. That guy, uh... He's, uh, he's, he's hanging out in jail with a guy from last week, the uh, the uranium and rattlesnake uh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> drunk driver. Oh. Maybe that guy was just trying to ramp high enough to prove that the earth was flat. Maybe. you know. That's and... what he, he needed, a perspective from <laughs> yep. that high altitude. Yep. I can see the edge! Yeah. <laughs> and what Box is referencing is our, our next article. Um, so I got... Uh, excuse me one second. You guys can... Cover this one sec. So, Sam has been doing a little research. I think he's got into this. I don't. Well, are you just, are you a believer? A believer. It, it this 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 it just baffles my mind. I I don't even it it completely baffles me. This flat Earth um conspiracy theory. Now, obviously, everybody listening to this has 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 heard this theory before. But there's people that think that the that the Earth is flat. And I mean, the, there's some well-known, prominent people that actually contribute to this, like people in the N- in the NBA. What was that one dude's name? Oh, jeez. Um, and he was a pretty prominent. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. Who off the hell the top was of my head. it? I'm pretty sure he came out to say it was just a joke, though. Like he was misunderstood. I don't think so. Later. I don't think so. Um, but anyway, so I I did a little bit of a uh, reading on this, and um, th- according to the Flat Earth Society's leaderships, its rank of its ranks have grown by 200 people. Every year since 2009. Wow. That's a lot of growth. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you think about it, that's quite a few dumbasses that are... So anyway, um, the leading flat earth theory, this is the most popular one, says that earth is a disk with the Arctic Circle in the center, and Antarctica is a 150-foot wall of ice around the rim. Now, NASA employees 
are guarding that said rim to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disc. Oh, shit. Now, <laughs> in what... I, I'm just completely baffled. I'm just absolutely baffled at this way of thinking. Like, where, 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 like, think he's gonna say baffled. Uh, three or four more times. <laughs> because least. I'm, uh, okay, excuse me, I'm exasperated <laughs> by this, by this way of thinking. Be like, fuddled. seriously, that makes, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Big because, conundrum. have you ever been on a, on a fucking jet airliner? Dude, you get 35,000 feet. Guess what? There is the curvature of the earth right there. That, there's, you're not just Antarctica seeing, you're just there. seeing the rim. You're just well, seeing the edge not from only up there. that, but if the Earth was flat, it kind of throws the whole concept of gravity out the window. Well, that's made so up too. Nobody, nobody's thinking, <laughs> nobody's thinking <laughs> that far ahead if they're thinking the Earth is flat. But so, is there two sides to this? So there's, I don't know, but there's a big theory. Well, the dinosaurs are probably on the dark half yeah. now, on the bottom half. Because okay, so <laughs> if if there's if there's one side to it, there's got to be dark two sides. Half of the Earth. So Mm-mm. don't you think that is there a whole nother? It's entire... not a three dimensional figure. It's only two dimensional, Sam. Dimensions are an illusion. Yeah. Oh. A social construct. <laughs> your house, Dimensions are a social your house construct. Is actually flat. It's not square. So here's my other thinking. Like if you bought, if you if you if you built like a like a a thirty five foot forty fifty foot tower, you should be able to see Europe, correct? <sighs> I don't know. If it's flat, you, you if it with a strong enough telescope, you'd be able to see yeah, the Antarctic wall. Yeah. Like I think this, some of these people the, are just the, the, there's not like it's not it's not a difficult thing to disprove this. Like I said, a jet no, airliner, a freaking drone. It's been like, disproved like, hundreds and, of and times. These, idiots, you know I mean? these guys <laughs> think that like the whole NASA going to space and and satellites and everything and all these all these pictures of the round Earth yeah. is an illusion yeah. and like we're in the freaking what's that Jim Carrey show uh, Truman Show the we're Truman in the Truman show. show like this yeah. whole thing is just a fake we're in the <laughs> right what like how yeah. how these are all the same up? people that are going to Area Fifty One next <laughs> month <laughs> <laughs> that's well, who that's... started this whole thing yeah I'm pretty... was, it, was a flat Earther is they uh yeah. Pretty stoked to see if anybody actually shows up. Oh, there'll be people that go. But the, I don't know. So there's like a lot of people who look at flight paths. They look at flight paths to Mm -hmm. say that the earth is flat because, because of the places they go over. Right. So the places that they fly over because planes fly on a curved path because of the spin of the earth and you know that the earth is a smaller circumference at the top and bottom than it is at the equator they fly certain paths like there's certain flights that they say prove the flat earth theory right because when they leave sydney australia and they fly over this place well obviously you can't go from a to b and go over here well, they don't take into account that they get like planes getting a jet stream to save fuel and shit like that. They don't take into account any of they have no knowledge of avionics whatsoever. They don't know what goes on with the plane and they just say, well, we're go- flying from here to here, but we went over here. We went over this other place. And th- that means that the earth that is proves, flat. That, no, that proves it is <laughs> not. You're right. These people are just idiots. I saw a video. I think it might have even been on like the Discovery Channel or something years ago. They took 
they had a boat and they had a, a laser on the shore and then they had a board on their boat where they could shine the laser onto, you know, and they'd just keep sailing out farther and further. And obviously the laser pretty soon got, got lower got... and lower and <laughs> disappeared. Yeah, it went well, it went higher. They had to raise it kept having to raise the board. So they were pulling out all these mathematical excuses out of their ass, being like, Well, the only reason that we're having to raise this is because so and so like or because the Earth isn't flat, I don't know. Because <laughs> you're getting past to do with the that. top of the curve. Yeah, you never, you've never flown on a, you've never flown on a plane. Can can you get a drone high enough to see the curvature of the Earth? I would imagine you could. I mean, there was a there was a guy that uh one of the flat Earth uh, guys. He built a rocket to disprove this because he wanted to get up high enough and he wanted I to see saw the flat. That. That's awesome. And once he got up there, he's realized, oh well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> there is the curve. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not. It's it doesn't take rocket science, boys. This is pretty pretty. Oh. Well, apparently it does. Yeah. <laughs> the guy built a rocket. Used I mean, a rocket. clearly yeah. he was not a rocket scientist. Oh um, boy. And speaking, and of... it doesn't take a rocket scientist to build a tomahawk, or was, does it? Oh, good. That's, you, you took my you took my lead in. You took my lead in. Yeah. Talk about that abortion. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that beautiful. So Toad is I'm actually a, beer for this. Toad is quitting his job um, here this <laughs> week, and he's uh, he's taken to designing tomahawks. Is it technically blacksmith work? Or I think it is. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, us. I'm gonna. You guys can refer to me as the Smithy. Now. Smithy. What's up, Smithy? Uh, no, I've been watching all these YouTube videos of guys repurposing old axe heads, and I do a lot of like log cutting i have like six chainsaws and i do i split it all by hand so i have axes and mauls and i had this old hatchet laying around and i watched this video probably two weeks ago this guy he just made this beautiful tomahawk out of uh out of this old axe head i'm like i could do that well i said that to myself while i'm watching this video where this guy has lathes band saws basically everything that you would need to possibly do this. not a circular saw a file and a jigsaw and so, <laughs> so i'm like, i can do that i have a grinder and so i got home from work saturday and i grabbed that thing and i'm like shit this vice isn't mounted on my workbench oh i don't have a drill to drill the holes to mount this vice on my workbench <laughs> and and you my, just went, you know what? I'm going to make a wonderful piece of art anyway. Yeah, and uh, I have a drill. It just, it's a piece of crap. But um, So this vice was in my barn. It weighs about 40 pounds anyway. And I just set it on the garage floor and went to town on that axe head. <laughs> and I even like sketched out the uh, and marker on the, on the axe head. The problem was, is the damn thing wouldn't stay in the vice. It's a toothless vice. It's yeah. so freaking old, it doesn't have any teeth to grip it. So if you're pushing down on it, it just slides through. didn't matter how tight I tightened it. And finally, I get this thing cut. And I didn't... I don't know. I pulled it out of the vice, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like shit. No, Toad, no. <laughs> I cut way too much off of this thing. And so then... I break out the Dremel and the sanding wheels and all that crap, and I start to shape it. So I got to a point where it looked halfway decent. And I'm like, ah, damn it, I gotta make a handle for this now. 
So inside my barn, when I moved out there, there is this gigantic stack of old rough cut lumber. And it's been in there for probably, according to my landlord, it's like 50, 60 years. And it's so damn hard that the new she said. blade on my jigsaw wouldn't cut it. So I'm like, screw it. I'll chainsaw handle out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a brand new blade on my chainsaw. Turns out when you've got a board clamped to a sawhorse, it bounces a bit when you're cutting it with a chainsaw. And uh, so that didn't work. And finally, <laughs> I'm like, screw it. And by this point, I've been at it for three freaking hours. I'm covered <laughs> in black dust. I've got fiberglass and shit all over me. And <laughs> <laughs> sawdust in my eyes. <laughs> I just took the circular saw and cut a straight, like, two inch wide chunk off this thing and i'm like oh good i got the handle and then i'm like oh shit i gotta fit the handle and that took me another hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> with hand tools i'm talking like wood files the whole nine yards finally i get some semblance of a freaking handle in this thing and i tap i put jb weld jb wood weld on it and tap the damn thing down there and then I'm like, shit, I didn't grab the metal spike to go on the top. So I used three roofing nails instead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it worked. <laughs> so now this tomahawk that I built looks like an abortion that somebody's grandfather made in their freaking tool shed in 1934. Oh it's got nails sticking out of the top. It's grinded down just a piece of shit. The wood handle looks like they pulled it out of a scrap lumber bin. <laughs> I took it outside and I'm like, this is never going to fly right. It's never going to stick in a tree. I wong it at a tree probably 15 yards from me. It's stuck bigger than shit. I'm like, <laughs> I've created perfection. <laughs> This, be, this piece will Pretty, be in life shortly oh. free Facebook on auction uh, tomorrow, so check it out. So, oh, man. I made uh, a horrible, horrible version of a functioning tomahawk. Sweet. Um, but trial and error, learn from your mistakes. Next time around, version I'm two, gonna, I'm just going to get Sam, and we're going to go to his dad's wood shop and do it. Probably, <laughs> probably a safe bet. Probably, yeah. uh, probably good I idea. thought you were going to say I'm going to go to the store and buy a throwing axe. <laughs> No, not I, a bad I, idea. I have two more axe heads. Oh, good. So, <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. But yeah, just turned, go by throwing tomahawks. Turned into a total abortion of a tomahawk. So uh, the moral of the story is, if you uh, plan on doing things like this, have more than a tooth toothbrush in your uh, yeah. in your in your, in your yeah. tool selection. So how many hours did I you spend a, on this thing? A good total. five. <laughs> yeah, a good five. Gonna, dude, we gotta go. We gotta go show this to dad. He'd be he'd be so appreciative of this. We need to. Uh, Sam and Jesse's dad is a master craftsman when it comes to woodworking. We need to. The uh, guy is an absolute genius. We need to if for this sure. This took you five hours, <laughs> right? I could do this in I could have screwed seconds. this up in three minutes. <laughs> um, You'll be we definitely that when I throw it at your ass. Well, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, this thing could kill a zombie, could it not? Mm -hmm. So you accomplished your goal. Hey, you accomplished your goal. We definitely need to uh, have a primitive day. And bring that out, out on there. the range F &A with cotton. tomahawks, throwing knives. That is a very primitive weapon. F and A. We got a slingshot. Spears. It looks like a very primitive person. Made. You got to build your own. <laughs> you got to build your own, or can I use a store bought slingshot? 
We can use the store-bought slingshot. Sweet. Let's do it. I'm down with it. I am all in be, on a primitive day. That would be fun. And you know what would be better? Slingshot, spears, tomahawks. It cost us a shitload less in ammo. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wait. Do we get to choose whatever weapon we want for this? Deal? Yeah, I think we'll have, like, as long as everybody brings something, we'll have, like, Sam will bring a slingshot. Toad can bring a sweet tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, have a, I think I have a recurve bow, too, somewhere. Yeah, like a recurve bow. And everybody can just pick three things. Yeah. Kind of do, yeah. like, three gun. Like a spear. Yeah. Well, I, you feel, know. I feel like making the spear should be a you and Wyatt project. Yeah. A bolo. Ooh, I'm not good at throwing those. Yeah, you got to get ready. Got to get ready for the boogaloo. You Wait, know? who's yeah, gonna? Gotta, I think I'm gonna make. I weapons. think I'm gonna. That's what me and Wyatt should do is make a bolo. Who's gonna be the guinea pig for that? Are we gonna send box off running across the yard? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, what we'll do what, for your spear? For the bolo. What's a bolo? It's one of those three ball deals that gauchos use in south america to wrangle calves they throw oh. horses see i was thinking i was thinking we need a, a a little scenario where we just make a dull spear and we make box run down the chuck spears Huck it at him. <laughs> why the hell does that have to be me <laughs> you'd be towed too he's a bigger target i guess that'd be a lot easier to hit right. and oh, slower <laughs> well, i can run really fast all right boys we're at uh well over an hour I actually, now. Actually, on that note, I challenge you all to a 40-yard foot race. I guarantee I'd whoop your ass. I'd I'm down for bet that. bet you would not. Anyways, anyways. You got um, longer legs, but I feel like I can take more steps per second. Talk, talk to Tim Susie. And see Ooh, how, how about we have, a, can we have a, a... Can we have a fat kid race? Do you want you? us to take our shirts <laughs> off? Is that what you want? Oil do the truffle Oil shuffle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boys. All right, we're gonna have to call this a night. It's uh, before it starts getting way more uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. It has uh, as usual. It's been a been a fun one. So uh, we'll be back in two weeks, of course. Make sure you check out Ballistic Imagery for all our range day videos, as well as Permanerp. As and, well uh, as the, the new Permanerp, if you want some uh, call, uh, hard to nipples. Call Toad's Blacksmithing for all your blacksmithing needs. Absolutely. <laughs> and, of course, Shyworks uh, for your Cerakote and wallet needs. And, um, yeah, we will be back in two weeks. And keep if you get bored, keep an eye on our Facebook. We always got some interesting uh, shit going on there. So check out our, uh, our uh, Facebook group as well. So, anyways, until we see you again in two weeks, uh, remember, life's short, live free. God bless.